BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Wednesday. That feels like a Friday. So while it is hump day and I will sing my hump day tune, it is the final day of the week for most of us because it's Thanksgiving. So it is hump day. Don't forget to hump someone you love, but also acknowledge the space that you're in. It is the last day of work before a blessed holiday. I love Thanksgiving. Hey, Jax. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's such an exciting week. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving is really one of the peak days of the year. I feel like when you think about it, you realize how wonderful it is, but it doesn't get the hype that it deserves because everyone's focused on Thanksgiving, even like the Friday after Thanksgiving, but like the Wednesday before, it's all ahead of us. We have everything to look forward to. It's Thanksgiving Eve, and I'm really getting into the spirit this year, and it's been really wonderful. I really want to kiss on the mouth of the person who decided Thanksgiving would be on a Thursday. Would I have preferred perhaps a Wednesday? Yes. But the fact that it's not a Friday, it's not a Saturday, it's not a Sunday, it's Thursday, which means we get Thursday, Friday, and Wednesday is like a half day. No one's really like giving Wednesday any energy. Oh, I feel like when today is so full for me. I'm so busy between work stuff and prepping for the big meal ahead. But it's going to make tomorrow even more sweet, like knowing how much I put in today. And it's going to make the whole weekend like really great. I'm feeling really, really good about the season, guys. I'm feeling good about it, too. It's really the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm just excited for all of us. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm overjoyed. I'm, I'm feeling humbled, honestly. As you should be. Humble pie. And I know like the Thanksgiving is all about like, you know, the pilgrims and Columbus. And I know we've canceled Columbus. But can I just say how grateful I am that like we've not taken that energy to Thanksgiving? Like I know I know the story, but like I'm, I still want to celebrate, not really even for, you know, America, but for for me. Well, I feel like it's become less about the history and more just about being thankful honestly acknowledging the space that you're in and being grateful and it's just a day of the year that we as a country just take time to say thanks for the things in our life of course it harks back to like being thankful for America but we're also just thankful for the things that are going on for us personally and you know speaking of Jax what are you thankful for and by the way, oh. this is like a message. If your family does this where you go around the table, start thinking of your answers now because you don't want to be a disappointment to like your parents, your grandparents. Like say something meaningful. So Jax, what are you thankful for? For sure. But I also feel like it shouldn't be that hard. You know, like. Of course. People no, really some like. Some people are like, I'm thankful for it. this gravy. 
some people hate the question like and, and want to hope no one brings it up but like just look around like if you're at a gorgeous Thanksgiving meal surrounded by loved ones like you have a lot to be thankful for so true so I'm thankful for everything every breath every family member that in my life like I'm just thankful I'm thankful for life L'chaim. L'chaim. I'm thankful for all of those as well I'm thankful for the toasters me I'm too. thankful for Diet Coke. I'm thankful for my sis, Jax, this wonderful business we've created, that I'm living my dream. I really am. There's a lot to be thankful for. There really is. And I'm thankful for the Strice Brethren because even Every though they don't want to work. Every single day. Even though they don't want to work, they are the reason that we work so hard. You know, to give them all of the bully sticks and dental sticks and kibble that their hearts could ever want. So true. Jax, that's beautiful. Thank you. It's been a great year. It's been a great year for the toast. And I'm just looking forward to really ending the year in a peaceful, even though the end of the year is like so chaotic for me because like we, the last episode of the toast is December 16th. That's when season five officially ends. And I have 1 million things to do before then, like before I can officially wrap up the year. But I have finally put together my um, holiday travel plans. It, it took a long time. I I was supposed to go this place and then, but I finally ended up last week or this week actually finalizing it. And I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for you too. You'll have to share all the deets with me offline. Yeah, well, me and Ben were supposed to be going to Paris, but then it was like so expensive, so expensive. And I'm like, for what? Like, I'm not even Catholic. Like, I don't even celebrate Christmas. Like, why do I have to be in Paris for Christmas? And I'm like, I have the luxury of, like, Carrie and Big. I have the luxury of designing my own life. I have my own business and I don't have any children. Like, I can go to Paris whenever. Why am I going to go at the most expensive time of year? It's a beautiful time to be in the city of lights. I know. I really, and I've never been. Like, I really want to go. Um, I was like, but I'm so obsessed with you going to Paris Jackie couldn't believe she was like making fun of me like making me not want to go no not that yeah first exactly that no first when you told me that when we were just like talking about Christmas plans a few months ago and you told me that you and Ben were thinking of going to Paris I fell off my chair I fell off my chair because you're always a beach you'll always take a beach over a city let alone like you know a, a, a historic city that's a lot of you know sightseeing and I know that's not what you will do all the time but like you could go anywhere in the world as you stated you have the luxury of designing your own life and like you chose to go to Paris it was a shocking choice for me but then I started to get so excited thinking about like all of the things that I needed you to do so that I could live vicariously through you, like of course shopping, but also Versailles. There's mm-hmm. so much great royal history there that I would have loved for you to see. And I w- I got really first I was shocked, then my, I, and then I was in denial, then I was a little angry that I wasn't going. But then by the time I reached acceptance, I was really excited for you. And now you're not even going. You did kind of glaze over the mocking phase, but it's fine. I'm strong enough to live without you. Um, she made fun of me endlessly told everyone she knew that it was the funniest thing like what's so funny I didn't make fun of you I just like couldn't stop bringing it up she made fun I was just like to everyone like guess where Claudia is going you'll never guess right no like making fun you guys but it's fine I didn't go because I was literally mocked out of it Oh my God, stop. I sat with you and tried to, we tried to watch some documentaries about Napoleon to get you Eventually excited. Eventually she came around. She came around. Um, but I'm not even going anymore. So all of that <laughs> for nothing. I'm so 
disappointed. Let down. But I feel like you'll go, now that you have the Parisian itch, I feel like you'll go soon. Also, it's worth saying I've never been to Paris. So like, it was just crazy that you were going to do something by yourself without, without you. me. Like, no, you were, you were hurting me because you were hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I think I was hurt. I was obviously shocked. I was probably a little jealous too. Like, you're going to Paris. And, and I you're always going to be the girl the who girl didn't, who go, didn't to go to Paris. That's like, going to be you. It was just a lot. And I feel like if the, to the Tozers who are listening, like because they know you so well, will understand why I was shook to the core. No, because like one thing about me is like I really don't like Europe. Like I don't like those types of vacations unless it's like the south of France or Positano, you know. Beach like, excluded. Beach exclusion. Like vacations that require like walking tours and history and sightseeing like that's not how I'm ever going to choose to spend my money and my time um and the only person who hates that shit less than me more than me is Ben so I really wanted to go somewhere I'd never been before and it's like we've done every vacation we ever do is beach Caribbean beach beach British Virgin Islands U.S. Virgin Islands Turks and Caicos so we're like let's do something different we're trying to think of places we've never been before that aren't so far I can't go over like eight hours on a plane unless I'm going to Israel because I have to connect with my spirituality but other than that like I'm never going to go to South Africa. Like, I'm never going to go anywhere that's double-digit flight hours. Even if you know? Shannon's there? Even if Shannon's there. Wow. Um, even though, you know, the Ashray family, we are descendants of South Africa. So I'm still never going to go. And when it came down to choosing a location, it was honestly like on uh, either London or Paris. I could never go to London without you. So I was left with Paris and I'm like, you know what? Like I could take some cute pics by the Eiffel Tower, eat French fries, smoke cigarettes. Like Ben was, the only reason Ben wanted to go was because he wanted to smoke cigarettes. For those like, French cigarettes? For the French cigarettes. Like it seemed like the right choice. But then when it came to time to booking stuff, like my first, and let's be real, probably only trip to Paris, like I'm doing it up. I want to stay at Mohammed Fayed's, Dodi and Mohammed Fayed's hotel. I want to mm -hmm. stay at the Ritz. During the holiday, uh, $20,000. Like, that's not going to work for me. So um, I have decided now after, you know, a lot of hype, I'll tell everyone where I'm going. I'm going to Belize I can't in South it. America. I can't, I can't believe. believe it. Um, I'm so excited. And I'm going with Brian, which, you know, I honestly have not traveled without Brian since I've met him. Honestly, when I think back to all the amazing trips I've taken, they're all with Brian. It's because Brian knows how to plan. He knows how to travel. He finds like these great destinations that aren't torturous. It's a nonstop flight. Like he really, um, I've become extremely spoiled by being best friends with the points guy. And I tried to travel without him and I couldn't do it. So I'm going with Brian. <laughs> well, that's going to be so fun. I'm excited for our um, break at the end of the year. We do it every year. So if you're in a new toaster, the season ends. Oh, we always take like the last two work weeks off of the year. Um, for our respective vacations and I'm looking forward to a little R&R. &R. Yeah, I am too. And I'm not leaving till, you know, the end of the, the month. So I'll have some nice time at home with Theo and yes. then a little adventure in South America. I've never even been to South America. I'm low key, yeah. like not well traveled, but I travel a lot. Although I did come to the conclusion when I was in Charlotte, I did, uh, we were on a long car ride and I was bored. I tallied up all the states I've been to because of tour. I was like curious if I have, a, have I been close to like 50 of them. I've been to 36. And I think a goal of mine is going to be going to all 50. That's so cool. You should get a map where you put like you knock I off. Actually, I actually have a map. Um, it was a gift from someone I no longer speak to. So I don't use it. But it's like a little pinpoint map um, to track my tour. It was actually a very thoughtful gift from a really um, deeply unwell person. 
So, I'm looking at a map to see where Belize is because it's not where I would have guessed. No, you're telling me Belize is not in Spain. I think of Belize as like Ibiza. Oh, no, I was thinking of Belize. If I had to, like, if I had to give a guess, I would have probably said somewhere in the Caribbean. It's not far from the Caribbean. It's South America. It's like by Chile and Nicaragua. But it's not an island. I would have thought it was an island. It's not. So where we're staying is an island. Like you take a little plane from Belize. What's the name of the island? I'm not entirely sure, honestly. I guess don't tell me like exactly where you're staying on the show. Yeah, no, I definitely won't do that. Sorry. So I'm excited. Adventure getting caught up in the geography. Do you know that Belize is home to the second largest barrier reef in the world? What's the first largest? The Great Barrier Reef? The Great Barrier Reef, yes. The Great. So is this the good barrier reef? It's the decent barrier reef. And will you be visiting this barrier reef? Of course. I'm going to scuba and, well, I don't scuba, snorkel. And I'm so excited. Like, Brian's really gotten me out of my comfort zone when it comes to vacationing. Like, prior to Brian, like, I would go on a beach vacation and, like, not leave the hotel, sit my ass on the beach. With Brian, it's like, let's go scuba diving. Let's take out a boat one day. Let's check out these, like, different caves. Like, I'm really so adventurous. So adventurous. I need Brian to take you on a ski trip so that you get into skiing. Does Brian ski? You know what's so funny? I don't think Brian is like literally too tall to ski. I know. But he's so athletic. I'm sure he's just the type of person who's like skied a few times. But like if somebody invited him to Aspen, he would be like on the black diamond. And he'd be fine. Yeah. He'd be perfect. That's Brian. Like he could try anything and like be perfect at it, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to like send him a text to get you to take you on a ski trip. And then I'll come. And then we'll all ski. One thing about me is like I cannot ski. The... I don't know if it's the skis themselves or just the sheer fact that like my shins are required to hold up my entire body weight, but like I'm physically incapable. I think you could do anything that you set your mind to. I don't think that's true. of which, I have set my mind to something and I'm making such major strides in my goal and I'm feeling so hashtag proud. Driving? Because I am learning how to drive. I had my first two-hour driving lesson yesterday with the driving school. I'm practicing on my off days, but it was my first like full lesson in the car with the thing on the hood, you know, student driver, the whole car is branded. The driver has brakes and gas to the right. And I was incredible yesterday. I heard that the driver, the teaching, the teacher told you that you could pass today. Yeah, it was so crazy because last week I drove with Zach just to the grocery store and I was, I had never had Zach take me on a driving lesson before. So I was so surprised at how like calm and patient he was. And like, he was really like, I guess he just decided he was going to be a good teacher and he was like just being so level-headed and like really patient with me. And, but still I, I was like jerky and the stops were jerky and I, I didn't feel like I was a very good driver and it made me like dread driving and that I'll never actually enjoy it because even with like a good instructor, like I just wasn't enjoying it. But then yesterday when I was with like a a new instructor, from the minute like we pulled out, your girl was cruising. Your girl was so comfortable, like the stop signs, jerks, what, who? And then I was starting to feel like it was the kind of car that I was driving. So all cars drive differently and like... mastering the level of pressure you you need to put on the brake in each car is so different and it's kind of psychotic yeah no so like this Mazda was made for me and I'm so excited for when I do get my license and I can get a car like now the Mazda's in the running I'm actually thinking about getting a compact car instead of a mid-size SUV because I liked being more in control of my vehicle I didn't see that for myself and we like we drove 
for two hours. I drove the entire time. We did all of the different like parking, three point turn. I thought three point turn was going to be like the hardest part of driving. Like, no, it's, it's low key easy. It's pretty logical. It's it's math. It's right, left, right. Yeah. Or left, uh, right, left. Or depending on the turn. Maybe it is left, right. Yeah, it's left, right, left. You're right about that. Uh, and I even drove on the highway. Cher Horowitz. The fucking freeway. It was wild. And I was so comfortable. And it was really a turning point for me. Like in realizing that I'm going to get my license soon. I'm going to be driving here, there, everywhere. And I'm going to have freedom. And I'm really excited. And that's really like, I'm sure there'll be other things that I want to do or accomplish in life. But there have been like a few big things over the years that I've needed to tick off. Like cooking. Look at your girl. Mm -hmm. Look at your girl came through with blind colors. And like driving for the last 15 years has been stuck at the top of this list. And like once I accomplish this, like I'm going to, I'm just feeling so proud. Like no tackling, accomplish that. Yeah. Tackling new skills as an adult is so fulfilling. And that's how I felt at one point about skiing, like teaching myself how to ski as an adult was a huge thing. And now I love skiing and I feel like it could happen for you. Well, by the way, that's why I was like so emo when I was talking about reading the other day. Right. It's this, And I feel the same way about reading for me. Yeah. Like something in my adult life that I just didn't see for myself. So now once I finish driving, like I'm going to have to sit down with my Buckingham Palace planner and think about like what are other things that I want to learn how to do in life? Well, a couple of years ago, I taught myself how to knit and I still remember it's like something you never forget. And it's one of my favorite. I don't do it enough, but it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. That's a good hobby. Yeah, it is a good hobby. I don't, I'm a little short on time for hobbies right now. So Mm -hmm. it needs to be something that's not just like. It has to be functional too. It has to be functional, like cooking. I'm feeding a family. Right. Um, Well, while you were feeding your family last night, I finally got to see that play I've been talking about for like a month um, called Titanic, the musical. Titanic spelled T-I-T-A-N-I-Q-U-E. And oh my God, it, Jackie, you would love so it's like a parody of the the film okay um with jack and rose and kathy bates and they like have all these characters who play like the victor garber character who played the kathy bates character but it's like nobody knows those people's names they only know jack and rose so victor garber's character's name was victor garber it was so funny it was like this very satirical um retelling of titanic with um music and all the music was Celine Dion and Celine Dion was like the host of the storytelling and the woman who played Celine Dion first of all had an amazing voice and did the best Celine Dion accent how are we thank you very much it was so good I was cackling you know I hate I hate plays like it's just not my thing but it was 90 minutes no intermission perfect length Broadway take notes and it was just it was hysterical and there were parts moments of it where I was like damn like this is would be even funnier if Titanic wasn't like an actual tragedy that killed 2,000 people but I did feel like they remedied that like first of all at the end they had everyone saying my heart will go on like in memory of the people who passed away it was really sweet and they do something in the in I don't want to spoil it but like a part of the plot that they change like actually it's, it's like more dignified um it was just it was amazing I need to see it again because like I like I, I need to just like absorb it once again it was so good that's awesome. It really was. I'm happy you had a nice night out. And then you went to Rebecca's engagement party. 
Yes, and then I headed off to Becky from the Redheads who got engaged last night. We had like a surprise party for her right after she got engaged. Um, your presence was sorely missed, but when I tell you, I never saw a bitch so happy in my fucking life. Like she was screaming. I've been to a lot of engagement parties and honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a girl so excited, like so happy. Oh. Obviously she was happy to get engaged, but I think she was so shook that like everyone from her life, like friends from different, you know, from camp, from college, from home, her family like from out of town everyone was in town and I think like she was just really overwhelmed and it was like it was such a happy night it was a true simcha oh that's so beautiful um it really was I spoke to you guys last night but I'm gonna call Bex again today I'm so happy for her and we'll be celebrating on redheads for sure we'll be we'll be celebrating also redheads programming update I'll share on our Instagram but we're gonna drop the episode a week later than usual for a few reasons one it will allow us to record together in person which is always exciting And two, as it is the last episode of the year, we do a whole roundup of all the books that we read this year, our top three books that we each read personally. We we all vote on the number one, two, and three Redheads books of the year. And so we want to have that extra week to like read more books so that we can add it into our roundup. So second Thursday of December, the Redheads will be here. Um... So that's all the catching up that I had to do. We have a fab show. We've got five stories, but it's also Wednesday. And so we're going to finish off this week, you know, with a little a little grace. We're going to help our toasters through whatever it is they're going through. We have some unique dear toasters. I want to say our third and final one is unlike anything we've ever had. And it will tug at the heartstrings. That's what I'll say. Oh, okay. I'm excited to get into that. We have some interesting stories, too. And I think it'll be great to carry us into the Thanksgiving week. Also, just need to plug one second. Did you see my pie last night? I did. Apple, dolce de leche apple pie, magnolia table recipe. Can you believe it? I can't. Your girl cooked a pie. Cross it off the list. Have you ever made a pie? No. It's a lot of hard work. The coal miners could never. Literally, never. literally, <laughs> literally. So, without further ado, do, 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 where are the stories, brethren? Oh, they're cooking the turkey for Thanksgiving. Thank you, brethren. It is time for the fast side stories that you need to know before the glorious holiday weekend. Bing. And today's episode is brought to you by Shopify. Are you ready to be your own boss yet because your boss is a wench? Start, run, and grow your own successful business with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform. They make it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere, whether your thing is vintage teas, recipes, starting, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide, including the toast. You know, our merch is on Shopify. Jackie O flow is on Shopify. Pretty much anything we do e-commerce wise is on Shopify. And I have to say, I've used a lot of platforms. It is by far the simplest, the most effective, and just like the most easy to use. They have all the sales channels sorted. So your business can keep growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to their 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. So they make selling simple so you can put yourself and your ideas out there. Whether your thing is making ebooks or earrings, Shopify makes your success possible. If you're ready to launch and do your thing in the spotlight, do it with Shopify. You won't regret it. The commerce platform that is backed by millions of business, including your girls here at The Toast. 
So if you want to sign up for a free trial, go to shopify.com slash toast. Use that all lowercase, shopify.com slash T-O-A-S-T to start selling online today. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash toast. You won't regret it. And if this is, you know, something you've been wanting to do, start your own business, perhaps this is the sign, the push that you need. Yes. If you didn't know yes. where to start. No, I was just thinking about that when you were reading for Shopify. Like if you have an itch to start your own business, if you have an idea, but you have no idea where to start, Shopify. No, and then like really, if that's like your resolution, get everything sorted now. Start getting designing on Shopify. And then by the time the new year it launches, like you're going to be ready and like your resolution will already be easy to, to complete. To execute. So today's episode is also brought to you by Spritz Society because we have major news for our Patreon members. We are officially 48 hours away from Spritz Society's biggest sale of the year, which is Black Friday. Have you been waiting for the perfect time to try Spritz or do you just want to stock up for the holidays? The moment has finally arrived. They will be 25% off site-wide starting Friday, Black Friday this Friday. That's 25% off all of their iconic flavors, peach, grapefruit, blood orange, pineapple, and lemon. But we had to give a little something special for our stunning toasters over at Patreon. So starting today, Patreon members will receive an exclusive Black Friday offer just for them. There has never been a deal like this. It is a bigger deal than the Black Friday deal that starts Friday. If you're looking for the code and everything, go to the Patreon. It's already up there. You can shop directly from there. Um, I have to say, like, I'm always trying to get Ben to increase our code toast and like, margins things like that mm -hmm. so he says no um so 25 percent off on spritzsociety.com starting friday and then like a bigger percentage off when you're a patreon member and you can shop right now it's kind of everything of the sort it's never too late to sign up for the patreon sign up now log on start shopping spritz society and you can thank us later thank you so much mclardia two great welcome two great toast approved tips from two great girls Let's talk about that. Let's. How great are I we? wish someone would. <laughs> okay, are you ready for our oh. first story that's so fucking twisted it had to be the first story? Okay, I am, but can I talk about something like my, about myself really quickly for one last thing before we start talking about other people? Look at my microphone. So, sure. <laughs> sure. So yesterday we posted on our Instagram um, a little graphic of you know, Claudia's favorite stories, oh. things she's always repeating. Yes. And a lot of people had good suggestions for things that we should add. And I think a lot of people also got confused between this list and the list of my regrets. They're very different. This list is stories like I'm always telling, acting like it's the first time you guys have ever heard yes. them. Yes, also there's a difference. Some people were writing like stories that are just like a story that you've told once that's like a famous Paul story. Rudd. Yeah, but okay, Paul, yeah, Paul, that's in like the... But I've only said that once. So yeah. that's not one of my favorite repetitive stories. No, there's a difference between like a famous Claudia story and a story it's like no one could say anything and Claudia finds a way to bring up this story that she loves talking about. So a good example of that that we should add to the list is me being on a boat with Leonardo DiCaprio. I talk about it all the time. It was in my book. Um, Yes, I just will say considering like the magnitude of that, you actually Thank don't you. talk about it. Like it's it's not like, you know, Keenan's Uber drivers where it's like, no, right. like, okay, to hear it once is enough. No, I completely agree. Okay. Um, also, I, I don't really talk about this that much anymore, but that other episode of SVU where the nanny was kept in the trundle. <laughs> Maybe just SVU. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. Let me there was, reading. no, you know what? I have to be the one to, to determine because I'm the one who listens to him. Oh, the celebrity documentary conversation. Like I do always like drag Sean Mendez and praise Lady Gaga. 
So fucking true. So fucking true. Like whenever we're talking about celebrity documentaries, I talk about how like either you need one Lady Gaga or you don't need one Shawn Mendes. And it's true. Oh my God. It's so fucking true. You're always talking about five foot two. Um, I am always talking about five foot two. Also, I didn't realize I spoke about this that much, but I must because somebody was like, when Claudia was in her first year of her communication course and half the class said they wanted to grow up and be Juliana Rancic. You've, it's, I feel like I've only said that like twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's not there yet. But it's so true. Like Jessica every, Simpson job. being your birthday buddy. I, I just can't talk about Jessica Simpson without mentioning that we do have the same birthday because it's like literally part of my personality. Also, people who commented Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, are you guys okay? I don't really talk about it that much. No, not even that. But like this whole, this list is like a joke. Like that's not a joke. No, and it's only funny when I say it. No, and it's like, it's not annoying that you keep talking about the time that you were uh, harassed by Cuba Gooding Jr. Sam Hunt's DUI. Okay. I do talk about that a lot. I feel like though, we're we're straying though from like Dennis. I agree. From Dennis's funeral. You know, that's like textbook. The photo no, of Meghan just, and Harry with the umbrella. Yes. So iconic. So literally movie star. Movie star. I'm going to have to go through this list and, and edit because okay. we're getting Use far away. I trust you. But thank you to everyone for their um, suggestions and recommendations. Yeah. Like someone suggested Bon Wee and it's like, no, that's just a famous Claudia story. You told I've it only once. told it once. Yeah. Same with Paul Rudd. But he did teach, teach me gymnastics. I literally, I'll take that to the grave. I have to meet Paul Rudd. I have to ask him if he ever worked at Five Star Gymnastics in Long Island. Like, Claudia. Slumdog Millionaire. Sweeping the Oscars. Totally. Sweeping. That's the perfect example. Yeah. But so, they did. They swept the Oscars that year. Oh, here's a great one. The tax story. The about what? how you like your first year of being an influencer taxes. Do I tell that story a lot? A couple. And I think it was in your book too. It was in my book. Um, all the more reason to go purchase it. Girlwithnojob.com slash book. Yes. Uh, there was one other thing that I just wanted to say, and then we can move on. Oh, the voice class you took in college. That's, what do I say about that? I don't know, but that's not Dennis's funeral. Someone said- no, but I did take voice lessons in college. Here's a story you don't talk about enough. The time you flush the car keys down for the rental car in the highway bathroom. That's what we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Because she wants us to forget and some of us can't. Because I want to forgive you and I want to forget you. That's the crazy That was a tough day for me. That was a really, really tough day for me. And by the way, it's not just like the rental car keys. It's the Jaguar rental car that we rented to treat ourselves for a really fun weekend. I am waiting for the day because we just like left that rental car Mm -hmm. in some parking lot. I believe it's still there. Budget rental car was like, yeah, we'll come pick it up. Um, I believe that somebody, like one of these days, I'm going to open up my credit card bill and there's going to be like a $250,000 charge from budget for like the car that we never returned. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're going to go to buy a house and you can't get a loan because you have horrible stop, credit. God forbid, God forbid, knock wood. Actually, you check your credit score though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and Chase always lets you know when like it's when fucking it drops. Up. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing has happened yet. And I, I like to think that they retrieved the car, but there's truly no way of knowing. Unless we were to go. It's probably still sitting in that Connecticut rest stop because there's no key. You can't even steal it. Like, Damn. No, you could I steal know. without a key. Yeah, that's true. And we left it open, but yeah. We did leave it open because we didn't have any key to lock it. <laughs> 
Also, the key is like in the sewage system, so it's probably still connected. It's in the ocean now. That's true. Not me polluting. Okay, now let's get into our first story that is so twisted that it had to be the first story. Balenciaga apologizes for a bondage-themed campaign featuring a child and an excerpt from a SCOTUS ruling on child pornography. So Balenciaga has had to apologize in the last one day for two instances of sexual misconduct relating to minors. First, they have a campaign that um, has kids posing for kids clothes and holding bears that are wearing BDSM style harnesses, which elicited outrage from people who saw these images. And then some eagle eyed viewers saw that one of their photos that they posted is one of their bags on a pile of documents on a desk. And the documents are actually the ruling from a uh, Supreme Court ruling that relate to child pornography and actually upheld part of a part federal child pornography law. So Balenciaga issued a statement and they appear to be laying blame at the photographer and are vowing to sue the photographer. But their statement said... We apologize for displaying unsettling documents in our campaign. We take this matter very seriously and we are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our spring 23 campaign photo shoot. We strongly condemn abuse of children in any form. We stand for children's safety and well-being. I just feel like if you get into a place where you have to um, say we strongly condemn abuse of children in any form as if it was up for debate, um, you got a problem. No, here's what's like I saw at first, like the, the pictures of the kids. I'm like, that's just like really bad judgment. I think like while it's inexcusable, I could see how like people would like not think of it or whatever. I could see how maybe it slipped through the cracks. But then that paper with the SCOTUS thing, I'm like, this is layered. This is like a conspiracy, like maybe signaling to all. I don't know. It's fucking weird. No, like there is at least one child abuser who is working at Balenciaga or on this campaign, like working through the photographer, whatever, like root him out or her. No, it's very, very disturbing. This is like not, it's giving him obviously. But also this is when they had to apologize for the, for the bears thing. That was a separate um, Instagram story. And they said our plush bears shouldn't, Our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children in this campaign. But it's like, who are the bears for if not children? So who are you making a BDSM bear for? If you're making it for adults who are then still pedophiles who are into bears. No, fuzzies is what they call themselves. Furries, furries. Furries. Um, If you're into stuffed animals, that's a thing. But I didn't know Um, that Balenciaga was like making swag for the furries community. It's pretty niche audience. No, it's a definitely a different strategy, something we've never seen before. It's tough. That's a competitive competitive market, that luxury luxury stores. But the thing is, is like, um like this is like not okay. It's no. not normal. No. I don't know what the fuck these people are thinking. And every now and then, you know, like a brand will get backlash. Um and sometimes I feel as though, you know, people are being dramatic or like looking into it or like you could really see a world where a bunch of idiots didn't realize so didn't realize this is so like not to sound like a conspiracy theory, fucking like, twisted twisted and calculated it seems so intentional and subtle I'm like, they didn't think anyone would zoom in and read the copy of the papers in the background of this product shot I'm so turned off 
by this brand. I think it's, it's, it's just not okay. I can't think of any other words. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think there's two different conversations to be had. I think the documents thing is so twisted. That doesn't happen by accident. Like no, whether it's someone who is like researching child pornography laws and then those were the documents in the office that they put on the desk maybe, or like it's some intentional person like signaling like, Hey, hey, yeah. hey, messages. Hey, look at me. Like that's yeah. so fucking twisted. And I feel like one child pornography and like child abuse and pedophilia is so rampant in like the world. And it's, it's so crazy to me. We talk about like, I can't even wrap my head around how all the sex trafficking prevalent. millions of people how a year prevalent even know is. about it. And then you see shit like this and it's like, it's even more prevalent than you could possibly know. And then there's the other thing where it's, yes, as you said, like a, a judgment error. But if your judgment error is BDSM and children and mixing the two, you need help. You no, are yeah. sick. I feel like kids are just, they just, the line just keeps moving. And of course this, this crosses the line for everyone. But the fact that, Anybody thought that these two thought it was okay. themes could collaborate for a shoot? Like, we're sick people. No, it's... Well, not me. It's very it's very disturbing. And not it's you if you're a toaster, disturbing. but you, the world at large. No, it's, it's very disturbing. And I think we must protect the kids. We got to protect the kids. Nobody's protecting the kids. Um, actually, the kids are, I feel like, less protected than ever. The people are using, like, kids to protect adults. Yeah. Protect the children in all ways, shapes, and forms. Let Amen. kids be kids. And if you have to ask BDSM and, and, and children, they don't drive. No, they do not. So I'm actually, not that I'm, I don't think I'm a Balenciaga girly. I actually think their shit's pretty ugly. I don't think I own anything. If I was ever tempted though, like I'm out. Like you guys yeah. need to do a full investigation into the rampant pedophilia in your company. Agreed. Because if it's making it into like the consumer facing advertising, it runs deep. Yeah, that's true. So figure your, your shit out. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Positive, wonderful news. Cheer star Gabby Butler signs with the WWE. That's a mouthful. The WWE. WWE. She said, I never thought cheerleading would take me this route. Cheer star Gabby Butler is ready to take athleticism to a new sport. The longtime gymnast has officially signed a contract with WWE. She exclusively shares with People Magazine. Gabby says she fell in love with wrestling this summer after attending SummerSlam in Nashville. She said, I was blown away by what they put on. She admitted that she never considered the sport. She was focusing on cheer. She said, I was so involved in cheerleading in the cheerleading industry for so long, and I never really looked into anything other than cheerleading. But when I went to SummerSlam, it really just opened my eyes to the athleticism and the dedication the athletes bring into the ring. She says she admired the way they performed and the competitive atmosphere, which isn't so different from her experience in cheerleading. It was almost like I was watching a cheerleading competition, but wrestling edition. You know, one of the huge takeaways I had from Cheer, the documentary, was like how much of a shame it is that there's not really a life for a professional adult cheerleader. It's it's a sport that ends at the college level. And it's like, what do you do after all that training? You're 21. You've given your whole life to this sport and you have to go and get a job like 
in a restaurant or in marketing. Like it's like, it's not what you had been training for. And I never really thought about this as an option. And I have to say, I think this makes a shit ton of sense. And I actually think this is an amazing next step for Gabby Butler. Amazing next step. It makes so much sense. I can't believe it's not been thought of before. Or maybe there have been like professional cheerleaders who go into WWE, but they weren't famous before from cheer because there was no big documentary mm-hmm. about them. So we don't know. But I think that this is so awesome. I think this is great for Gabby's career because she can continue doing what she's doing and in the spotlight. And I think it's great for WWE because I think it will bring a new audience. She has such a huge audience, a young audience. And I think Mm -hmm. that on all fronts, like what would, uh, this has the girl boss town stamp of approval. (laughs) GBT stamp of approval, yeah. Um, But also the WWE has been, just kind of killing it recently in their castings. Like they cast Logan Paul. And I think that was amazing for them because Logan Paul has become, you know, somewhat of like a figure in the wrestling space. And he has such a huge young international audience. And I think Gabby Butler is just like another A plus casting for them. I think this is great. Yeah. And she will definitely have the chops. I think there's a little more she'll have to learn, like especially about the like perform, like the The staging, the theatrics, but I think she will be very successful. Did you check your DMs this morning? Did you see that um, there's a big toaster in uh, WWE diva community? She DM'd us this morning. Be right back. Why don't you show it to me? Like You're in the chat. And so I figured, like, I, and I responded, so I thought it. you would see it. She was like oh, loving the responded. toast. And she's a really big WWE diva. So um, shout out. And that was exciting to see this morning. It's just a, a WWE sort of day. You know when that happens? For sure. I don't see a single thing in my DMs, but I'll look into it deeper later. Okay. It's cool stuff. Maybe it's just you. No, um, you're I there. think this is great. I know how Instagram DMs work. Okay. I didn't see it. You're blind. I'm sorry. Mm, send I don't it to you. So. Send it to you right now. I, I love Gabby Butler, and I feel like she has, you know, done everything she can do until a certain age like she transferred to multiple colleges she did like these summer programs she keeps doing what she can to like get on squads Gabby Butler is like the most educated woman in America because she keeps going to college a junior college a senior college a four-year program a two-year program a summer program she keeps joining different programs to get on different squads because there's really nowhere to go after college so she is just taking her time getting her degree and I love it I really do yeah she's getting her degree on her own time do you think she'll cheer for Education Connection next year? That's what Education Connection needs. They need a commercial with Gabby Butler. GBT, stamp of approval. So, yeah, some some news that makes sense today. You love to see it. Some athletic news. Are you ready for our next story? If it's the next story that's brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. Ooh, yes. We have been using propolis every day to help support our immune systems and keep our bodies healthy when we start to feel run down, which can be really common in the winter time. So um, the propolis immune support throat spray has been a daily ritual for me because I have throat problems. Like I'm very immune to strep. I always have a sore throat. Like on cold days, I'll wake up with a sore throat. And I find that like being um, proactive with the propolis immune support throat spray from Beekeepers Naturals has really made it a huge difference. Um, It can help soothe my scratchy or irritable throat. So propolis is made by bees, which we just know, like anything a bee makes is going to work, you know? 
It's made by bees and it's backed by science. So bee propolis acts as the bee's medicine and it also contains vitamins B, vitamin C, zinc, over 300 beneficial compounds and minerals that are amazing for the human immune system. Propolis is the defender of the hive and bees use it to protect their hive from any bacteria that might harm them. It's basically the hive's immune system. And so medicinal use of propolis dates way back to before 300 BCE in the times of Aristotle. Aristotle is thought to have coined the word propolis, which means defender of the city. So Beekeepers Naturals has given us an exclusive early access to their Black Friday sale, which is the biggest sale of the year. When you go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash toast or use code toast at checkout to get early access and receive 30% off site wide. So stock up on their products now before they sell out. Also, we're just entering the winter months and I feel like that's when everybody's like immunity goes to shit and they really need that good stuff in their house to be stocked up on. So Black Friday is a great excuse to get all your favorite beekeepers natural products. I um, I think I found out about this throat spray, throat spray from Lauren Bostic a few years, maybe like a year ago. And it's really made a huge difference. I'm just, I'm like a bad, I have a bad throat. I don't know what it is. Beekeepers natural products are also available at Target, Whole Foods, CVS, and Walgreens. But if you want to start feeling better every day, do that today at beekeepersnaturals.com slash toast and use code toast at checkout to get early access to their 30% off site-wide Black Friday sale. Wonderful. Thank you, McClardia. So important to keep your immunity up this time of year. It's wild out there. It's wild out there. Our next story, Julia Fox says she dated Kanye to get him off of Kim's case. Do you see Julia's TikTok? So it's been real. I was thinking about it this morning, actually, because this is just the nature of the internet. Julia Fox became really popular on TikTok like two months ago when people were like saying and commenting, you know, Julia Fox is really not what we thought she is. She's an intellect. She's a woman who supports other women. Like they were gassing her up, you know, like living for it. And you know what the internet giveth, the internet must taketh away. So then it was like the narrative started to change. It's like, well, how great can Julia be if she dated Kanye? He's a misogynist. So it's like now her fault, everything Kanye has done. Um, And so she is being like super transparent, responding to comments, being like, this is what I think about this. And this is my response to this. Not doing any like formal statements or anything. She was like, I was going to put this all in my book, but you know what? Like, let's just get into it now. Yeah. So she really got into it. I was surprised at like how I never heard her talk so in one long stretch like that, even though, and it just felt like she was being really honest and like talking about like the a thing that everybody wants to know about, which was like that one month. Cause even though we watched that interview of her on call her daddy, I feel like we didn't get, um, no, I feel like the interview on Call Her Daddy was actually like a really poor representation of who she actually is, no. especially because the only thing people took away from that was Anka Jam. Right, no, no, when but actually, it was more she's like, extremely well-read and really smart. It was like her life story, but at the time she was dating Kanye, they broke up like two days later, and so she wasn't really talking about dating Kanye, like, and yeah. what that was like. So I, it was, uh, it felt to me like a, the first full picture that we saw of it. So she talked about like how they got together. She said, I remember he was texting me and I wasn't really answering and I didn't want to talk to a celebrity again because nothing ever comes of it. It's boring and they're not what you think they're going to be like. So true. She, she noted that she realized Kanye wasn't giving up and that's when she realized that she may be doing his ex-wife a favor by answering. She said, then I had this thought. I was like, oh my God, maybe I can get him off Kim's case and get him to like me. And if I knew anyone could do it, it would be me because when I set to my mind to something, I do it. And she talks about when how when he was with her, like he was really normal and he wasn't bothering Kim and he wasn't tweeting and he wasn't on social media. And then when he did do all of those things, she was out. So let me just say, I don't believe that. That like, I don't believe Julia Fox's impetus and only impetus for dating Kanye was to 
be a friend to Kim. Like I just well, I'm she not talks also that. in the video how like she's always admired the Kardashians. They bought her clothing line for we their know store. That, by the way, ten years ago, yeah, and we know that. We know that. Um, because like when she popped off, then people started finding like anytime she's ever said anything about the Kardashians and she's a huge fan because she's obviously a woman of taste. I feel like when factoring her decision to date Kanye, maybe it couldn't, maybe it was 5%. Let's help Kim. Maybe it was, maybe it was 1%. Yeah. 20% Birkin. No, but also like, look what became, you know, maybe nobody knew Julia Fox before. The opportunities this could provide she's the it girl of fashion she goes to every fashion show she walks in fashion shows she's literally in magazine spreads her podcast is huge now she's huge on tiktok like that's what happens when you date kanye not to like strip her down to that her is her only accomplishment she's obviously very accomplished but the only reason i know who she is and the only reason why millions of people know who she is is because of kanye and that's fine i un you would do it too for a check like i understand like i would do it yeah um, i think so let's not she knew that let's not pretend it's a platform but also I think there's also something about her that people have grabbed, like people are obsessed with or the industry is obsessed with because Kanye has been spotted with other yes, women with a lot of girls. over, um, you know, the course of the last few years since they were divorced. And even before he even met Kim and like what Julia, where she is, is kind of unprecedented. Remarkable. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think like once we all got to know her, I was ready to write her off. Like once Kanye, I was like, all right, this is the end of the Julia Fox chapter. But she kept popping up and everything I was seeing, I was like, she's kind of wacky. She's really smart. She's got charisma. There's something there. There's a star quality there, which is why like, you know, people on TikTok are obsessed with her. Um, but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge that that's all because of Kanye. Yeah, like where we met her. But I, I think that happens to other people all the time. They have like a moment and then mm -hmm. they make the most of it and they're here to stay, you know? Uh, like Because they have that star quality. That's like, that reminds me of M. Rada in the music video. Yeah. You know, you forget that that's where you saw her first and so many other girls are in famous music videos and they're just like that. But now you actually forget that's where you first met her. And because she does- Mason she, Ramsey. She has so many other things. No, Mason Ramsey will always be like, the boy yodeling in Walmart. I know. Not to me, though. To me, he's just like a really talented, young, sweet kid. Who yodeled in Walmart. Right. But I do often forget. Really? Yeah. I don't think of him as the Walmart yodeling kid. Mostly because he's grown up so much, he actually looks so different. I think of him as like the viral, yeah, no, the Walmart yodeling kid. But like he, it does so much more still, but... I don't think you could ever separate so him from that. Go viral. And I don't think that you should ever separate him from that. But I think for like Julia and Emrata, like those were like launching pads. They and but they stuck around. It's what they've made of it. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a lot of people who have gone viral, especially for singing. And a lot of them don't have the chokehold that Mason Ramsey has on our culture. Yes. Yeah. That was the point I was trying to make. Got it. Okay, I understand. It's a separate but different point, but I understand the point. No, I think it's the same point. No. That's not the initial point. Like, now you're gaslighting me because you were... No, the point we were saying was, like, people who get a platform, everyone gets a platform, but, like, in order to stick around, you got to have something. Right. And that's literally Mason Ramsey. What I was saying was you actually forget what that initial small thing was that they did because they've done so much more since. And you Which said that's what you were and saying. And you said like Mason so that's Ramsey. What you were and saying. then you said like Mason Ramsey. So like Mason Ramsey, yeah. But we can't forget. I can forget. I don't even think about Walmart. But maybe that's because I'm such a Mason fan. I don't think anyone's a bigger Mason fan. 
Do you still think of him as a Walmart yodeling kid? Like, I think of him as, like, Old Town Road. I think of him as, like, you know, teenage heartthrob. I think of him as, like, the viral internet yodel country singer who's done amazing things and is still uh, has his sanity. I'm on my way. I don't want to take for granted this ground on which I'm standing. Gorgeous. His music is so good. That That one song is fucking fire it's very flames. beautiful on my way up the mountain i want to look around and take in every sunset before it fades he's got to get the little yodel in there if you like country music listen to on my way by mason ramsey you're going to be really surprised with what you hear it's actually a perfect thanksgiving song like it's all about slowing down looking around taking in what's happened to you being grateful for all that you have it's really beautiful it's about acknowledging the space you're in Quite literally. Are you ready for our next story? It's another yes. space you could be in. Taylor Swift's Cornelia Street rental townhouse hits the market at $45,000 a month after the home served as inspiration for the track about her early days of her romance with Joe Alwyn. So Taylor's iconic Cornelia Street townhouse has hit the rental market in London for an eye-watering 45 Not London. I'm sorry, the West Village. You know what? All this time I thought it was in London. And then I saw it was located in the West Village and I thought that was London too. Oh my God, you've been out of New York for a month. Are you no, okay? No, because you know how all like New York neighborhoods are, uh, they have Soho, Chelsea, there's also in London. Uh, and I ne- Oh, that's true. I never thought about that. And I also just assumed like it was Joe. She had a house in London on Cornelia Street. I literally t- in this moment just learned that Cornelia Street is about Manhattan and not London. No, but there's that line in the, in the, um, bridge about being in the tunnel and turning around like she was literally in like the Hudson I mean the Lincoln Tunnel and like went back you know well, th- are there not tunnels in London what about the tube I don't know but like they, like we call in New York it's like the tunnel you yeah, know but like they might have a tunnel uh, well one I don't know the music but they don't the, call it the tunnel I don't know the lyrics as intimately as you do but that wouldn't I wouldn't hear the tunnel and be like was this set in New York like I just to me it just was set in London it's like the album of London boy and it's just a London album well, it's not. With London tings. I'm shocked. Claude, go rent this townhouse in the West Village. No, I know. The thing is, is like, I've seen pictures of the inside. It's beautiful. There's like a pool, which is unheard of. Yeah, there's a pool. The outside is literally one of the fugliest things I've ever seen in my life. It's like this purple, looks like a carriage house. I do believe it is like a former carriage house from like, you know, gilded times. From the next door neighbor. That was converted. Yeah. Right. That was converted into an actual home and it's beautiful on the inside, but like it's genuinely one of the ugliest houses I've ever seen. That's so funny because when I was reading the article earlier, it said that she was living here while her Tribeca apartment was being renovated. And I just thought to myself, she had to go to London because her apartment was renovated. But I was like, maybe it was an excuse to take a trip. That's so funny. No, it takes this place in New York. This whole story just changed for me, but I kind of liked it better when it was in London. No, well, it's never been in London for me, so I'm fine. But now think about it. Because I thought then you could rent this house in London. Like, you don't need to rent a house in New York. You have a house in New York. But you could go to London for a month, rent it, see what's going on. What's so crazy is like when Lover, and this is just a true testament to like the economic times, because when Lover first came out, like everyone like found the house. I remember seeing it was like $22,000 a month. And then but like inflation and like, you know, the economy and the rental market in New York, like all these factors, it's doubled now. That's fucking crazy. I know. Wow. You should go take a tour as a prospective renter. Totally. For Patreon. And I can give you one week of rent. No, not even that. Just act like you're a big wig. Yeah. 
And then be like, honestly, it's not nice enough for me. Who needs a swimming pool? And leave. Yeah, like, oh, this pool is like kind of gross. Yikes. Yikes. You think they've drained the water or Taylor's like... I think there's Taylor juice in there. there. Yeah, I think there's Taylor juice too. Why would they... It's also indoor. It's like harder to do all of that. And you don't drain your pool that... You don't drain it between renters. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yes, ma'am. It's just a little Thanksgiving hack for all of the hosts and guests out there. And it's from TikTok's grandma, Babs. Barbara Cristello. Love her. Has a brilliant hack for taking Thanksgiving leftovers to go. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. I saw it and I feel like everyone needs to know. The so- the 74-year-old social media influencer, the Grandfluencer, recently shared so a life... Olivia is obsessed with her. She's really obsessed with her. She has amazing hacks and this one's actually life-changing for giving guests leftovers on the big day. Use okay. disposable cupcake tins. So you set up a leftover station when everyone's done eating and have your guests help themselves using like muffin tins that are disposable. They can t- like tinfoil like, material. Tinfoil material. They could take a helping of everything. And then the next day they put the whole thing into the oven. They get hot, delicious, no dishes. And you don't have to give away all of your Tupperware. That's the thing is like, for me, I am either living in a time of Tupperware abundance or Tupperware depletion. There is no in between. It's just like how many how many people have I had over and how many other people's homes have I been to in the last couple of months? And that'll dictate my supply. Yeah, I'm actually low because I was cooking so much and I was bringing over like cookies for Kayla all the time. And I, I have new Tupperware arriving today in preparation for Thanksgiving because I know that everyone's going to want leftovers, but silly old me should have just gotten these muffin tins, which I will do actually. That's very smart and very um, classic Babs, like just making our life easier. If you don't follow Babs, like she's a great follow. She has amazing recipes and also hacks and she's just precious. Amazing hacks, especially for hosting Thanksgiving, like for large quantities of like peeling, washing, et cetera. Like yeah. her, I am already going to implement some of her. So I just thought I would leave everyone on that note. Make sure to bring your own, if you're a guest or a host, bring your own muffin tin. Yeah, but also I do feel like sometimes people like shove you out the door with leftovers and it's like, it wasn't even that good the first time. No, thank you. Like, how do you politely say no to leftovers? Oh, of course. Well, you could say like that you are on a diet and like you'd splurge tonight, but like you can't, you can't be taking this home. Oh, that's a good one. Um, or yeah, I would just go with that, honestly. Yeah, that's a really good one. Or take it and like me and Ben sometimes like if we'll take, Ben's has this thing where like if he like doesn't like his meal at a restaurant and like doesn't send it back, he'll just take it to go. Being like, I'm so full, but it was so good. I'll take it home. And it's like a full ass meal. And then if there's someone like living on the street or something, like you'll just give it to them. It's like totally full. Yeah, that's really nice. You could do that too with leftovers. Yeah, totally. Um, So thank you, Jackie, for, you know, ringing in the holiday weekend with with a nice little hack. Yet welcome. Also, if you want more wonderful Thanksgiving content, Claudia and I are recording today our annual Thanksgiving dinner table Patreon episode. This is the fast five stories that you need to know to navigate the conversation at your Thanksgiving dinner table. They will be very... Interesting, but also innocuous. Neutral. Not not polarizing. I don't know if they're like neutral because some of this, you know, everything is layered. But everything. We're going to give you the facts that you need to know to also be able to hold a conversation at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And know what the fuck everyone's talking about. Exactly. Um, But before that, before we record that, it is time for Dear Toasters, our weekly advice segment where you guys write in and we do our best to help the girlies out. We pick three every week. So if yours hasn't been chosen yet, um, 
stay tuned. And if you have something you want to write in about, it's deartoasters at gmail.com. And Dear Toasters is brought to you by Away. Away is a travel company that believes that the more we travel, the better we all become. So that's why they make suitcases, bags, and other travel accessories designed to make moving through the world a lot easier. So they have fabulous suitcases. I have a ton. I know Jackie has a ton. It's really the best and only option when it comes to travel. Um, And they're offering uh, an array. I can't even speak. Away offers a range of suitcases, bags, other travel essentials that are made for different types of travelers. Whether you're an overpacker, a minimalist, a travel expert, or anything in between, with its versatile collection of suitcases, bags, and travel accessories, Away offers the perfect holiday gifts for every traveler. All of their suitcases are built to last with durable, lightweight exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more. They have four 360-degree spinner wheels that guarantee the smoothest roll and even um, a TSA approved combination lock that keeps all of your belongings safe. They also have a 100 day trial on everything that they make. So take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. And if you decide that it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. Um, They offer free shipping and returns on any orders within the contiguous, I can never pronounce that word, contiguous? Contiguous. Is there an extra N? No, there's no contiguous. Contiguous uh, U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia, except for the personalized products. And Cyber Week, they're having their best deal of the year. $50 off any two or $100 off of any three suitcases. So it's a great time to stock up. All of their colors, styles, and sizes are included. Their offer ends November 28th. Visit awaytravel.com to score yours. Dear Toasters is also sponsored by Noom. People will try almost anything to lose the weight. Insane workouts, eating nothing but grapefruit, questionable teas. But if you're looking for a more sustainable approach, Noom Weight is ready to help. Their psychology-based approach empowers you with knowledge and support to build lasting results. Because you can't erase your past or change who you are, but Noom Weight gets that. And everyone's journey is different. Each person has a different goal. Instead of demanding the same strict regimen or drastic changes for everyone, you will get a personalized program that empowers you to build more sustainable habits. That's how they've helped more than 3.6 million people and count lose weight. Noom is proven. It's effective. They have an amazing online food database. They also have a great community. So while you're going through it, it can be hard sometimes talking and engaging with other people who are going through the exact same thing is actually really, really helpful on the journey. If you've, if you're done trying everything to lose weight, then just try Noom weight. You can sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash toast. That's N O O M.com slash toast to sign up for your trial today. Check out Noom's first ever book, the Noom mindset, a deep dive into the psychology of behavioral, behavioral change. It's available for pre-order wherever books are sold. All right, dear toasters, thank you to everyone who has written in this week. And here we go. And away we go. Hey, Jackson Claude, I have some office drama that I need your help with. We had our first in-person company happy hour since before COVID, and needless to say, people got very drunk. I decided to leave before things got too crazy, but the next day, I had several different sources tell me that my good work friend who just got married was seen by her employees and her coworkers making out with another guy at the back of this hotel. And it even they even disappeared together for a long time. Before I found this out, I even talked to this friend the morning after, and she mentioned none of this happening. I'm sure if she even remembers doing it. I'm not sure if she even remembers doing this. Do I tell my friend that people around the office are saying this about her behind her back, or do I just let it be and keep pretending that I don't know? XO, a confused coworker. Two questions. One, like how good of friends are you guys? And two, how many people know that you know? Could you get away with pretending like you don't know and making it not your problem considering like this is your workplace and you don't need to be getting involved in people's personal affairs? Uh, Right. I would avoid any sort of like interwork gossip and drama at all costs. Like 
I just think deny. Uh, yeah, I honestly wouldn't tell her. Maybe she doesn't remember. Maybe she does remember or doesn't. Like, this is a her problem. Maybe the less people, like, maybe she can hopefully convince herself that no one knows. And if you're the only one to tell her, then, like, it just gets really awkward. You're bursting the bubble. Considering these are your work friends, um, I would just keep it professional. You know, it's a very rare occurrence when you make a work friend that is a real friend for life. A lifelong. For the most part. Like, this is work. This is not personal like we're here to work and these people are not your friends so act accordingly no I completely Stay above agree it. and let this just let this be a lesson to everyone like never have more than two drinks at a work happy hour like nothing good is gonna That's come of it ever. lesson, especially as we head into holiday season especially we head into corporate holiday parties holiday parties you guys if you want to avoid having to write into unburdening yourselves and dear toasters do not have more than two drinks at the work holiday party and do not be the last one there. Leave at appropriate Do not time. Be the last one there. And go out with your real friends. Right. No, make plans for after so you get a little buzz at the holiday party and then you get to go out with like your real friends. It's a stop along no. the way. It's not the destination. Ah. Uh. That's such if a good fucking way of putting it. If you take any advice from us ever, please let it be. Do not get drunk at work events. You will, nothing good comes from it. And this is your job and you need your job and you don't want to jeopardize it. You don't want to feel awkward at the place that you're working. Like separation of church You have to and work state. alongside these people. Totally. Totally. That's all I'll say. Now um, it's up to you. So, and that's also like, this isn't your best friend. So you're, you don't feel this like obligation to help her through this. Like it's her fucking problem. You know what? She made her bed, let her lay in it. And you're, I think you're off the I hook. I would stay like, out it's not of your it. Problem. Stay out of it. Dear Jackson Claude, this is a crazy story, right? Okay. Seven of my friends had planned to go to the Taylor concert together, but you can only buy a maximum of six tickets. We had planned to buy a set of four seats and then three seats together. Obviously it turned out to be harder than we thought to get through the queue. So the one person who actually got through just bought six together. There were four out of the seven of us who actually sat in the queue, opened Capital One cards, did whatever we could to get presale, etc. It was determined that we would draw names out of a hat to determine who gets a ticket. But am I crazy for thinking that the four of us whose asses sat in the queue for hours, that we should get tickets immediately? I suggested this and it was like I had four heads. We ended up just drawing names and the girly who put her literal heart and soul into trying to get tickets was the odd man out. So I have given my spot to her, but secretly I'm devastated that the girls who did nothing didn't volunteer. Must be nice to do literally nothing and get to see Taylor. Am I psycho for being low-key like so mad? Mad. sincerely a loyal toaster just trying to see Taylor girl you are so fucking justified and the fact that the friend group didn't immediately draw three names instead of all seven is so two. unethical what two names they would need to draw well yeah put three in a hat yes, instead of yes, putting yes, all yes. seven in a hat is so unethical it's unfair and I demand a recount I said this episode to them. That's so wrong on so many levels. The girls who worked hard and did in the queue and did all that shit and opened up their credit. Like, sorry, they go. And the three of you lazy fucks, two of you right. get to I go. also imagine that the four who tried the hardest are the biggest fans. So they want of to course. go the most. And let me ask you something. Is the person who actually bought the tickets, did they immediately get to go? Or right, did they have credit to draw two? That is so crazy and foolish. And by the way, like this isn't binding in any way, shape or form. Like, it should be redone. And why won't the four girls, you guys are the majority, the girls who waited for band tickets. Band together. Why won't you guys band together? No. And the girl, the the four girls who, who banded together, if they band together, they have the one girl who actually physically has the tickets. Possession is nine tenths of the law. They have all the power. I would say redo. Just be like, you guys, this isn't sitting right with me. Jenny should be able to go. She sat on line all day. Like no offense, you know, 
Susan, Larry, and Tracy. <laughs> Tracy. 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 Like you guys didn't do Put you in the work. Like, and you guys should feel weird about the fact that you're going to take a ticket from someone who really wants to go. Honestly, I'm not going if this is the way that we're going. I don't want this to become the friend group, but like it's wrong. It's so wrong. It's so unethical. Like that's the perfect word. It goes against all that is right. And I'm mad on your behalf. You are so valid in your I feelings. I wouldn't want to go. And you with should these do something girls. about it. I would say I'm Me not neither. going. The girl who has the tickets should sell them all and everyone can go like fend for themselves. Yeah, she should make a no, buck. That, the, girl, the girl should sell three of them. She'd double her profits. But the, the four girl girls isn't even on hard. her side, it seems, because when she suggested it, like everyone thought she was crazy. Send this to the girls, the four. Send this to the four. Like you need to band together. Those other three are lazy. Yeah. That's that. That's that. There's, there's no moral ambiguity here no no what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and this is clearly wrong but look at taylor like go putting these friends through the paces dividing women she would hate to know so our third and final dear toasters is like a little long it's longer than we would normally do but it's so interesting um and it involves you know a strice bro so we we have to we have to help okay third and final dear toasters let's get into it Hello, Jackson Claude. I always wanted to have something to write in about, and I fucked around, and I found out. I'm desperate. I need advice urgently, and I don't want to get my friends or family involved in the mess, so I'm running to my amazing circle of cyber friends to help. I've been married for seven years, and I got a dog a little bit over a year ago. My husband did not think it was a good idea to get a dog, and he said I'd have to take full responsibility of the puppy if we got one, meaning meals, walks, training, etc. Fast forward a year, and of course now he's in love with the dog, let's call him Theo, and he's been helping out here and there. Since I got Theo, I had planned to get him fixed as soon as he turned one. My husband is now feeling really strongly about not fixing him. We've been talking about it for months in the hopes of convincing him, making lists of pros and cons, etc. Still, neither of us are willing to budge. I went ahead and made an appointment for Theo to get fixed today. And last night, my husband said he was going to take him on a walk and came back without him. Says he won't let me mutilate Theo and would rather give him away than let me go through with it. He won't tell me where Theo is and I'm heartbroken so much so that I packed a bag and left our apartment for the night to stay at a hotel. What do I do? I'm sure Theo is fine and that I'll see him again, but this is a crossing a line, right? Divorce is not going through my mind, but a simple fight and giving up sounds wrong too. As much as he is helping out, Theo was always my dog and I feel so powerless now. What should I do? I don't even know what options should be on the table, like a police report, divorce, folding and not fixing Theo. Am I being overly dramatic? Thank you, girls. From a toaster who is at a loss for words. P.S. This is not like my husband. He's not psycho generally and is usually pretty rational. This is some psychotic motherfucking behavior. I've never heard of anything like this. For me, like this shows a really bad side of your husband. Like this is so manipulative and so childish. And where is the dog? Yeah, this is really really weird I have a few questions but like the first thing that comes to mind is like I'm assuming they don't have kids yet but someone who would do this like with a dog like it just makes you worried about 
having kids with them because what if you want to do something for your child one day and your husband disagrees and so he's going to take your child away from you. Take the child. Until you come around to his way of thinking. He's treating you like a child. My only question is like, if you're saying this is so out of character and like this is so shocking and you don't really want to weigh divorce and if you do want kids, but now you can't have kids with him if this is something that he thinks is a normal thing to do, then you would probably have to get divorced. My question is like, what is his reasoning against fixing him it, it it seems like he has this like a really really strong moral like what is it it's just because like that's not what he wants for him or like there's some like deeper this is like a hill that he needs to die on this is his cause maybe he's like an activist against like fixing dogs like mutilation no yeah because the thing is like at the core of this argument like you're right like dogs really should be fixed there's like a, a number of health benefits and what are you going to start breeding dogs in your garage like Dogs are already like an overbred species. Like that's why we fix them. That's why they get spayed and neutered. Um, So I agree with you on the mutilation, if you will. So not only is he wrong there, he's doubling down and doing something that is so like evil. Yeah, it's like honestly argument to fix him or not fix him. Like I don't really, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's like a right or wrong. It's a personal preference, but the idea that like because he didn't get his way this is how he responds is extremely insane and I think that it's a a much bigger issue than just like he hid the dog for a night and where and also like you guys have a lot of friends and family in town is that like where he is yeah is he where the fuck is he like I need to know what he did so I feel like in terms of a plan you need to concede on the fixing just to get the dog back if that's like we have to get the dog first so be like all right you know what I'm so miserable I won't do it get the dog back in your house take the fucking dog pack a bag and get out um and then we'll come up with a plan like you need to ensure that the dog is returned safely that's number one priority here yeah because if like this man knows how much the dog means to you and is like punishing you by withholding it that's like low-key evil and I know you're not considering divorce but like this is really like a like a psychotic thing to do and really like indicative of a very manipulative side of him yeah this is a really psychotic thing to do I think you need to find get the dog back so cancel the appointment again like whether you guys wind up fixing him or not fixing him is irrelevant whatever even if he was able to like convince you using his words like it's not even about whether or not we're fixing Oh, I love how he's making this decision for a dog he didn't even fucking want. Oh, of course. And that's just, you know, the cherry on top. But even if it was equally their dogs, like that's not how you respond when you're not getting your way. And Mm -hmm. that's the concerning part. So I think you get the dog back, table the fixing conversation, and then you need to really assess like maybe now in considering this, like there are some other things that he's done in the past that you're seeing differently. Like- this is a right because this is serious and also like I think that you need to like considering what he did was so serious like you need to escalate your response to serious and even yeah if that's getting the dog taking a beat packing your bags leaving for a little bit like he needs to realize that what he did was absolutely psychotic behavior period point blank and that you know literally you fuck around and you find out actions have consequences like you want to be a dog napper you're not going to have your wife at home yeah, because like the the way the fact that like his response was to hurt you so deeply to take someone's dog away and like not know where they are and like put them in a constant state of like panic is a really 
really no, evil thing I'm, to do. I'm going like, to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't take the dog so that to cause you harm. He took the dog so that he could get his way and the dog wouldn't get fixed. If the dog's not here, she can't take the dog to the appointment. I think that hurting you and like making you worried was a, a, an unfortunate byproduct of that. I don't think he was like trying to hurt you. He was just doing anything to get his way, which is But not scary. even thinking about his wife's feelings. Like that's so mean. Yeah, no, because his way and his feelings are more important to him. No, this is a, like a really, this is the biggest red flag I've ever seen in my life. It's not even a flag. It's a fucking. Yeah, it just, it and it table just scares me to think about like what this person would do with a child if he's this controlling about a dog no, and this is the length that he'll go to. That's a really good point. It's like when you think about like shared children, he's going to be even more impassioned about a decision no matter, this isn't even like a huge decision. Like, imagine like a real decision with kids like that has real implications and you guys disagree and it seems like he like this is such a weird hill to die on yeah so I would also want to know like why he's dying on this hill you know maybe there's a childhood trauma or something um right but barring that run immediately things to do immediately is to put on an act concede Get the dog back. Just so we know the dog is back with you and safe. And then you and the dog have to go somewhere. Like go to your mom's, go somewhere, go to a friend's, a hotel. You like absolutely need to show him how seriously not fucking okay this is. Like and how serious you're taking it. Like I would even go so far as to like put him on a no contact for like a week. Yeah. And you need, and in that week you need to think. You need to think back and you need to. Oh, and of course write us an update. And you need to update us. I'm very disturbed by this. It's really, I think there, I've heard, you know, many stories of like people who break up or they have partners who are, you know, like borderline abusive and like manipulative, like using the dog as collateral because, you know, they know how much their, their wife or their girlfriend loves the dog and like stealing the dog. Dogs are often used as like pawns and chess pieces in relationships and it's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, like it's your dog. So in a legal sense, like if we're going to be legal, the dog is yours. Yes. Um, I'm really sorry you're going through that. That's if I didn't know where Theo was for, I mean, she wrote in on Tuesday morning and this happened Monday night. So it's been now like 36 hours without your dog. I'm really sorry. Like I, I think you, immediate plan, get the dog back. Then we'll figure it out and write in again. Cause I would love to help you once you get the dog back. Yes. Keep us posted. And I'm so sorry you're going through that, but thank you for writing in. I hope we were helpful. And if anyone wants to write in again, it's deartoasters at gmail.com. That is our episode, and that is our final episode of the week. So anything you want to say to the peeps before we let them go for Thanksgiving? Uh, just that we're having a huge sale over at toastmerch.com, up to 50% off on all, old, like, not new items. So the new holiday collection isn't on sale, but everything over the years, over the past year, is on sale. Redheads. Up to... Not like other girls, yep. how you darn, 100%, beautiful, stunning, smart. Up to 50% off. There's even some old, like last year's holiday merch. So there is technically yeah. holiday stuff on sale up to 50% off. The prices are insane. So head over to toastmerch.com and you can get this season's holiday collection and some of the sale items. The sale is already on. So just head over to the sale section and shop. And have a great weekend. Don't forget to be thankful for the toast and your girls. And yeah, have a great holiday. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Toast, the Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So if you listen to podcasts, find us, The Toast. Leave a 
five-star review about how wickedly talented we are. Have an amazing holiday weekend. We'll see you guys back in studio on Monday. Bye. Bye.